Well, hello again, friends. Susan Gaetan here. It is so good to be here with my main Michaels, <laughs> Michael Renault, our CEO at Ellen Rands for Active Training Solutions. Hello. And Michael Polk, our national sales manager. Hey, guys. Hi, Susan. Oh, it's been a while since I've since we've all been together, huh? Uh, yeah, oh. I guess. Yeah, at uh, Management by Fire last month. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know we've got a lot to talk about today, uh, and I know that we don't have uh, as much time as we would want because this is a pretty hot topic. Um, so let me get straight to it. Today's topic is: so you lost your mojo. Okay, so we're hearing this all over town, all hey, over we're not, the country. We're not just hearing it, we're seeing it. We're seeing it. Yeah. Right? We definitely I mean, are seeing it. So let's let's get right into it. I know that both of you guys have been out on the road. We've all been out on the road, but you but know, both of you especially. So Michael, I, I what what are you seeing out there? So it's really funny. So at the end of last year, all I heard from managers and owners and GMs were my salespeople suck. My salespeople suck. My salespeople suck. So then I was in store and I was in stores at the end of last year. And then I started getting into stores and spending a lot of time in stores this year, like uh, almost every week. I think there's maybe one week a month. I haven't been in a store this year. And I'm telling you, the salespeople are good. They're hungry. They want to do well. They want to make money. The managers have lost the mojo and where I see it and where we're talking about it. It's like, think about this. You've been married for 20 years. The wife kicked you out. You got to start dating again. You feeling so good and confident right now? No, you're not at all. Not even a little bit, right? You're not oh, sure I, what the hell a dating world. I mean, what? Listen, I actually, when I, after my divorce, went back on social media to date, I saw those guys on there <laughs> and it's oh. very obvious. Okay. When you, when, when you're 100%. looking at an array of people, it is so obvious and, who's lost their mojo. And that's what's happening now because for two years during COVID, these guys didn't have to pencil anything. They didn't have to write deals. They didn't have to talk to customers. It was tell them it's 15 grand over sticker kick rocks. I got five other people. I don't care. I ain't talking to them. Mm -hmm. Now, you got to pencil deals. You got to work deals. You got to get back in there and you are out of practice. And that is exactly what's happened. Mike sees it. He was just in Fort Walton Beach. Uh, what was it? A week ago, Mike. And I heard the same thing. You had a group of managers, in, you know, who are struggling to get their mojo back. And it's what, and it's sad when, you know, we go into a dealership and a manager will tell us, Hey, the, the salespeople have lost their mojo. Now they don't, they're not really saying that, but that's what they're saying. They're like, well, they're not motivated or they're sad now because the market changed and COVID's over. So now they're, you know, they're not just taking orders anymore. And then you know, we turn to the salespeople and find out if it's the managers, you know, the salespeople tend to be very hungry. Is there any exception? Of course, there's always going to be the exception. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Salespeople always. are hungry. Yeah, they're just, in, in my experience, and I think in Michael's too, I mean, we've been in dealerships where the salespeople tend to be extremely fired up. And then sadly, the one thing that we hear the most of is, is hey, my manager just doesn't want to jump in, doesn't want to help, won't get off the desk, won't come out and close a pencil if I'm having a hard time. You know, the, they lost their mojo without but a doubt. They need their support, right? Salespeople need support. That's the manager's job. 
If I'm on the phone and I know there's a deal, but the guy on the phone and I, we just don't get along because we're human beings. We're not going to get along with everybody and I can't get past it. I need to be able to raise my hand to get my manager to get in there. When I have a deal on the floor and I don't want to go back pencil after pencil, but the customer is sending me back to the manager because why? Because the customer knows the manager is the solution to the, the deal. He keeps coming back and forth. The customer is going to keep sending them back and watching. You know, we all, Mike, Susan, we've said it before, right? If we're wondering about where our gross is after COVID, here it is. No, no, I, I just was going to agree. I mean, I, I think that managers, along with salespeople, haven't had to really be in the trenches and fight for a deal for a while. You know, they haven't had to do, they haven't had to sell, you know, and now they're having to go back to those basics, you know, that they've just completely forgotten about because, you know, they're so, they're so rusty, you know, and, and it's, I'm sick and tired this, and this is, I'll let you talk, Michael, but I'm sick and tired of hearing managers say, my people are lazy. My people are young. They don't know nothing. They don't have what we had. You know, it's, I am so like, there's, it's a different generation and we can talk for hours about that, but there are so many hungry and smart people that just need to plug into a process. And that's what's missing. There's no process at most dealerships. So, you know, then it's like, Okay, well, you've lost your mojo. And he and and it's still one of the best businesses that you can actually just walk into and make money from. Still. Don't look. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to argue that. Think about this. <laughs> Most people in the car business are in the top percent earners in the United in the United States, let alone the world. So, like, what are we talking yeah. about? You're being paid at this level, and your expectations of your employees is at this level. Exactly. What are we doing? I think it's sad what you just said a while ago, you know, Susan, a very good point. It's, it's just, you know, I don't know. I really want any manager listening to the sound of our voices right now to just think about this for one second. The fact that any manager, and I like to say, let's just take the word manager out. Let's plug in the word leader because, you know, a manager should be a leader. A manager is a position. That's an actual job position. That goes on your business card. I'm a sales manager. That's your title. That's your job title. But you know, you don't put on your business card, I'm a sales leader, but in fact, that's what you are. So when anytime I hear a manager want to blame their salespeople or something, I'm like, the success of your sales team is directly related to the leadership, which is pointing right back at you. So why are we making these excuses? Why are we, people, they're just not leading and, and leadership needs to happen. Yeah, but I mean, wouldn't you guys agree that even even without you know, greatly, even with a lack of great leadership in the car business, it's still one of the most profitable to, to, to walk into. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane. And I, and this is to empower, if you're listening to this and you're a salesperson that may be struggling, you can do it on your own. You just need to know what you're doing, but you are the next layer you're the next generation of leaders right so i i'm, I'm still going to argue that it's still one of the best businesses to get into <laughs> yeah, the thing about is you don't need an education to make a hundred thousand dollars or more a year that name another industry maybe being a bartender at a 
big, you know, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, but even then you still need to know how to bartend, right? You still need to make a drink. In the car business, all I need to do is have my upgrade personality and know how to sell something. And the, and the leads are handed to you. Handed to you. You have to pay for nothing. Real estate, <laughs> nothing. you have to pay for everything. Real estate, you're paying for your business cards. You're paying for your brochures. You're paying for your desk. You're paying for the cookies. You're paying for this little sign on the front of the yard. You pay for all that. The car business, just show up and sell cars and all your problems go away. Mm-hmm. I was shocked when I got into the car business and uh, because you know, I've been selling for a long time, you know, most of my adult life. And then I get into, I got into the car business later in life. And I was shocked because after a week or so, I said, wait, 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 wait. you guys are giving us leads? Like I, my whole life, I had to go find them myself. And like you were just saying, I mean, I had to, I had to find them myself. And in the car business, you got the dealership spending a ton of money on generating foot traffic and all those car advertisements you see on TV. And that doesn't come out of your pocket as a salesperson. You're not paying for that. You're sharing the profit of what's being sold. Take ownership of that dealership. Mm-hmm. You know, just I, get fired up and excited. Get your mojo back every single day. I mean, how about this? I'm talking to a guy runs a runs a Kia store. Okay, being his chest about how he's the number one Kia store. And I'm like, okay, even the number one Kia store in the state region, state. Okay, state, great. You're the number one Kia store. What are you doing that's so fantastic? Well, I'm just nicer to my customers than than my competitors. My co- I work with them a little more over the phone and all that. And I go, that's the difference that's keeping you number one over everyone else. He goes. Well, we spend a lot of money on advertising. Oh, and we're, you know, geography, we're in the middle of three highways and, you know, everyone's got, there's two shopping malls here. Like everyone's got to come through this area. And um, I'm like, okay, but what do you do? That's, that's really making the difference. Like, is your team doing follow up this, that he's like, no, no, there's just those things. <laughs> and that's what, right. And that's what we're talking about. Right. There's no mojo. There's no excitement to go, you know, I want to do this and I want to do this. And we're going to find other revenue streams because I'm going to work my service drive better. We're going to do better with referrals. And It's not treated like a viable business from a lot of angles. And I think that's why, you know, in my experience, I mean, look, we used to have, we used to keep this little book, okay, of all of the people that came and went. Right. I mean, but that's, that's how high the turnover is normally at dealerships. And, but I've seen in, in the 25 years that I've been in the business, so many people come through that didn't plan on being in the car business for that long. You know, they came in because, you know, they're in between jobs or they just moved or, you know, whatever the case, they know they can make some money. They come in and it's like, okay, I'm going to do this for three or six months. Well, then two years later, <laughs> they're still doing it, Ten years but treating later, it the same, later. you know? Yeah, yeah, but treating it the same. And I think that's one of the biggest handicaps that we have. And one of, one of the biggest things that's contributed to the bad culture that we have, the bad habits that we have. Yeah, well, it's, it's like we teach, right? That I, I asked older salespeople who've been in the business a long time, when you look back at your career, what's your biggest regret? The first five years of their business. Mm-hmm. Every time, because exactly what you said, they didn't take it seriously. They didn't, those customers that they had all that passion for, right? At the beginning of your career, you're you're just running out there, just <laughs> dumb and full of energy. You'll do anything and sell anything to anybody. 
It's on fire. That's what I call right. it. But those customers, if you actually stay in touch with those customers, they, those customers, you treated better than anyone else ever. Yeah. You were, so you weren't shaded yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too many of them quit treating it like, um, as if it was your own business. I mean, you know, if you, a lot of people have never maybe run their own business, but I, you don't have to have run a business to know that if you started one, you would be working longer hours. We talk about the hours you work in the car mm. business. Running your own business, you work that plus. I mean, your success depends on you. At the end of the day, it depends on you. And I think that Susan said a while ago, like, yeah, you know, managers are there for a reason. And, and do we need them? We need them. But do you have to have them? You don't. You can close it so. yourself. You can, you can work it out yourself if you have to do that. It's a shame they should be there to lead and help out and do that. And I mean, hopefully with our help, that's what we plan to do is well, let's talk about that. <clears throat> let's talk about that. What okay. does a salesperson need to overcome that? So, you know, and I know that this is probably more common than we talk about, but, you know, that person that really wants it bad, they want to win, they know that the money's there, but they also know that there are some bad habits in the dealership, maybe not a positive training culture. You know, maybe they're, they, you know, they don't have the leadership or the mentorship. They've got managers, but they don't have the leadership that they want. So what what is the key for someone like that? Well, I think starting off, they have to be very confident in their abilities. And typically, once you've been in a dealership and you've run a few pencils and you know what your management expects and you know what you can and can't do for the most part, then um, I think ultimately, if you're just not getting the help you need, then you just have to go to the desk, tell them the deal you got, take the pencil they give you, go out there and I don't have a, a fancier way to say it, then you got to be confident and just close the deal. And if you know you have some room to work, I always believed in, you know, if, if I was going to ever handle a pencil on, a hand a pencil on, I wanted them to don't come back with, well, they want a thousand off or they want this offer. Don't tell me what the customer wants. It's uh, the same. Don't tell me what they want. Just tell me what they'll do at the end of the day. But, you know, I prefer that my salesperson just come back and say, we have a deal if we're here and then I'll let them know if we're here. But, you know, mm-hmm. that goes back to, I mean, I really did. I honestly did go out and close pretty much all the deals myself because managers tell me if I'm wrong, but the gross is your paycheck. So, I mean, that's, you want to maintain that gross. And so I wanted my salespeople to be great salespeople. And I think that's what you should want. You should train them to be closers. At the end of the day, we're a team. So if, you know, and I'll just say right on this podcast, Michael Renault, I mean, I'm out here trying to close a deal and thank God I've got a CEO that if I, it's like, you know, wrestling, I never watch wrestling, but you know, but if, if I need a tag, I'd be like, I need help. I need a lifeline. I need you. I, please boss. Can you jump in? No, not hesitation. We'll ask kissing here. He would jump right in. He'll just, that was, I thought that was funny. Nobody. Okay. So anyway, but Michael would just jump right in. The whole goal is it's get rid of the ego, but close it yourself. I would tell my sales team all the time. You should become so good that you don't need me. You don't need okay, me. Okay, but there, there's, okay, so there's a good point. But then we won't, we won't need them. Then we won't need them. So yes, they're there's not getting to think involved about. <laughs> in the deals. But if they're not getting involved in the deals and they're letting me go out there for two, three, four, five pencils deep with a customer and not getting involved when I say I need help, then then yeah, that's the culture you're breeding. That's the culture you're breeding of go out there and just sink or swim on your own, as opposed to, I'm going to let you go out there once. And if you come back to me, I'm going to step in because I'm, this is my paycheck as much as it's yours. 
And every time you go out there by yourself, I'm losing 500 bucks. So I'm going to step in. And then if I have confidence after a little while that you can do, do a second pencil, then I'll let you do a second pencil. Okay. And then if you can't do that, well, then we're going to go back to one. And that, that if you're good at it, then I'll let you go to three. But I'm, I'm going to watch you because it's my money. It's yeah, not yeah. the house's money. We're not playing with that. Managers have to get it through their head. You get paid as the team's success. It's no longer about your success. So what would you, yeah, such, such great points. Let's go up 30,000 feet now. Yeah. Okay. What is the key for a salesperson? You know, forget about the everyday, forget about the one deal you're trying to close, you know, because if you're doing things right, it's the law of large numbers. You know, you know, you're going to close them, you know, you're not going to close them, right? The, the issue is filling that pipeline. So what is the key for a salesperson to, to, you know, to gain back or to create that mojo regardless of where they are? Mike, you want to go? You want me to take it? All right. And we've got a couple minutes here, so. I mean, just for me real quick, I still say a lot of it's just about, it has to be, you got to be happy and excited about what you're doing every day. You got to love the business because nothing's ever perfect. You're going to have good managers, bad managers. I mean, there's good salespeople that are peers. There's bad ones. I mean, so regardless of all that, you've got to figure out how to come in every day and, and just be excited about doing the work. I mean, that's just the, Tony Robbins one-on-one version of it is. I, I mean, I always wanted to come to work excited. Yes, left and right of me, there were some things going on that kind of maybe got to me, but you just got to kind of put those blinders on and you got to focus and you got to work and you got to do those activities between customers and you have to get on the phone and take those phone calls and do the right thing and bring them in. So that's just really the high level version of how I think. Yeah. It's simple, but it's hard. It's, it's hard. We right, see a hard. lot of lack it's, of excitement. Yep. And Mike mentioned it. You got to stay out of the bullshit. Listen, if you're going to run your own thing and you're your own person, if you want to be a go be a salesperson that gets involved in all that stuff and play that game, go ahead. But if you want to be someone who makes money, you just put your blinders on and you do two things every day. You have a game plan and a strategy. You say, I'm going to make two appointments every single day, not two appointments for today, but maybe two appointments for tomorrow and one appointment for tomorrow and another appointment next week, whenever it is two appointments every day. Cause guess what? You're going to wake up and you're going to have after two weeks, you're going to have at least one appointment every single day. And it feels so much better when you have an appointment. The other thing you do, you're going to ask every customer for a referral and you're just going to start building your book of business. So two appointments every day, ask every person that you know, see everyone, your barber, your at the hair salon, the Uber driver, the DoorDash driver, I don't care, Instacart, whatever you use, <laughs> every time you see someone, you tell them that you sell cars and when they're interested, put it on your social media. You work it. referrals, two appointments, life is good. I love it. I love such, gosh, such great feedback from you guys. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to double down on all of that. You know, there's, there, it's such a great business to create your own business within. So uh, we only have a minute and I know we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Michael, can you fill us in on what's happening next month? Jing, jing, jing. Talk about doubling down. <laughs> We're going to Vegas. <laughs> National Independent Auto Dealers Association. If you are going to be there, would like to speak to us, 
visit our webpage. We have an appointment. You can schedule some time with us. We're going to have some great prize giveaways. We're going to have some great offers. We have a special package just for independent dealers focusing on the pre-owned car, focusing on getting the cars to fill your inventory and help you succeed in what's getting to a very, very tough, tough pre-owned market. Mm -hmm. Get ahead of it. The Ram team is going to be there to keep you ahead of it. All right. It. We'll see you all soon. We'll see you in Vegas, baby. Vegas, Bye, guys. Baby. Peace.